Lord, we just thank you that we can sing joy to the world. We can celebrate this Christmas because we have the greatest message to celebrate. The message of Jesus, the message of you coming to earth to save humanity from our sins. And Lord Jesus, today, we thank you. We honour you. We pray for your word today as we look at your word. I pray you'd encourage us from it. You'd speak to us and challenge us. Help us to rise up and become all you're calling us to be. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, you can take a seat this morning. You look fantastic. Merry Christmas. Isn't it a great time of year to be able to celebrate Jesus, celebrate what Christmas is all about? And this morning, I just want to speak briefly from the topic, The Simple and Spectacular Story of Christmas. The Simple and Spectacular Story story of Christmas, because it really is a story of two contrary paths, yet it was a spectacular moment in Bethlehem, in this beautiful, quiet town. It was a spectacular moment that was about to take place, but yet it seemed so simple. It seemed so understated that Jesus would be born in a manger, in this quiet town, that it would just be focused on what was happening in this incredible occasion, but yet it just seems so ordinary, so normal. Another birth of another child in, a, in another town, but yet it wasn't. It was spectacular. It was miraculous. We look at the story of the, the Gospels and we look at the story of Christmas and we can see that the message, it was so simple but yet it was spectacular in its meaning. We can see that the manger was simple, but yet that it was meant for humanity and that it was spectacular in how it was outworked. We can see that the shepherds that were in the field, it seemed just so menial that they were out tending sheep, but yet a spectacular moment took place where the angels came to tell about Jesus coming to earth. We look at the incarnation, we can see God and man there's the simple and the spectacular together. We look through all of, the, all of the story and we can just see so clearly how God has just weaved through every element of the story. Although it just seemed so simple, yet in the midst of it, there was something spectacular that was taking place. And isn't that the beauty of Christmas? That every year we do kind of the same things. We have the same traditions. We, we sing carols. We go through and we, we eat so much food over Christmas. We spend time together with family and friends. We have the same kind of calendar items every year. And it just seems so simple in terms of the tradition of it. But yet we should never lose the fact that it is spectacular. What has taken place is miraculous. It's life-saving. It's changing. It's salvation to earth for you and I. It's powerful. The story of Christmas is transforming. And we look back on old photos and memories, and you look back at them to see some of the beautiful memories that have taken place. But when we look back at Christmas time, at the Christmas story, we don't look back just to have some nostalgic kind of feeling. We look back to remember the transformation that's taken place in our lives today. We look back upon the story because we know it's a story of victory for you and I. If we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we know we can know Him personally and receive salvation, which is the gift of Christmas. So if you've got your Bibles this morning, why don't you come with me to Luke chapter 2, verse 1. It says this, Luke chapter 2, verse 1. 
In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place with Quirinius, who was the governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David. Because he belonged to the house and line of David, he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. I love how God can make things happen. I love how in the right time, in the right place, God orchestrated that these things would happen and that that they would shift them into place. And hasn't this been a year for all of us where it's been a year of God shifts? God aligning, God putting us into places, God making sure that we're maneuvered into where we need to be. And that's exactly what's taking place in this story here. It says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those in whom His favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. What a powerful story. And often this story is shared at Christmas time because it really articulates what took place in those moments, the simple and the spectacular together. And I just want to speak this morning out of this five things from the first Christmas that we should remember this Christmas. And the first one's this, number one, Don't be afraid. I love what it says here in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, and that shepherds were living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch of their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Now, I think that's a pretty powerful moment because in that moment there, there was fear. There was people that were terrified of what was taking place. But the first thing that heaven said was, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I don't know whether I would have chosen those words if I was the angel. Maybe I would have come in with saying, yeah, you should be afraid. Jesus is coming. Get ready. And make, he's going to shake the earth and you should be terrified. Make sure you stay away. I would have probably laid it down. But I love heaven's voice to us is, do not be afraid. 
Jesus is not coming to condemn you. Jesus is not coming to put you down. Jesus is not coming to try and make you terrified and afraid and fearful. Jesus is coming with grace, love, truth, hope for humanity. And so we shouldn't be afraid. There is so much fear in our world today. You look around everywhere and there is fear. There are people that are terrified. There are people that are struggling. There are people that are uh, are scared to come into a church building because they're worried about how God would view them. But I love that the heaven sets the tone straight away. God has not come to condemn you. God has not come to put you down. God has come to save you from your sins. This is a moment where we should be full with hope and joy. Do not be afraid. Find peace in God's strength. I was just reading in a devotional recently and it said these words about our identity. It says, all our identity issues are fundamental misunderstandings of who God is. Guilt issues, a misunderstanding of God's grace. Control issues, a misunderstanding of God's sovereignty. Anger issues are a misunderstanding of God's mercy. Pride issues are a misunderstanding of God's greatness. And trust issues are a misunderstanding of God's goodness. And fear is a misunderstanding of God's plan for your life. And that is true. Jesus came to earth not to cause fear, but come come to bring peace to humanity. Everything Jesus has done is to eliminate fear. Fear of failure, fear of sin, fear of death. All of those things, Jesus came to eliminate those things. That is the reason Jesus came. Jesus moved into the neighborhood of humanity to bring hope to you and I. So do not be afraid. The second thing that we read is it says, there's good news. I love the idea that we shouldn't be afraid just before I move on to that. I love the idea that we shouldn't be afraid because I think that's contrary to the world that we live in today. And the people that are around us are oftentimes filled with fear. And actually, it says this in Psalm 32 verse 7, For you are my hiding place, the psalmist writes. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. You surround me with songs of victory. Could you imagine God just surrounding you with songs of victory? You get up in the morning and it's like, Ben, you are the champion, Ben. Can you imagine just getting up in the morning as the Rocky song is going on? God's next to you just singing victory songs over you. He's declaring over your life that you're going to have victory today, that you're a champion, that you're going to do great things. Can you imagine that? Well, that's what it's saying here in Scripture. God's posture towards you is victory. He's speaking life and victory over you. In a world where there's fear and doubt and people are consumed with that, God's saying, hey, don't be, don't be afraid. I'm speaking victory over your life. So there's good news for you. It says, the angel says, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Good news that will cause great joy. That word shara, which is used for joy, is often used by Luke as the word salvation in the Gospels. And so when he's talking about good news of great joy, it's really referring to the joy is because we are receiving salvation. Salvation for our souls is not just another baby being born, but this is a symbol that hope has come to humanity. Joy, salvation has been restored to you and I. As we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we receive the greatest gift. There is a big difference between bad news and good news. 
You know, just last Friday, I thought because it was coming to the end of, end of the year, I thought I'm going to go in and I'm going to get um, a checkup at the dentist. I'm going to get a checkup at the optometrist. I'm going to get all my private health stuff done before the end of the year, before it rolls over. I probably haven't been the op- to the optometrist for probably eight years, probably the dentist for five years. So I'm just going to go in for a checkup. Anyway, I go to the, I go, to the I go and see the, um, the dentist firstly. And uh, when I get in there, they're like, yep, you need to have a wisdom tooth removed. The one up the back needs to be removed. It needs to be taken out. And I'm like, are you serious? And then I'm thinking, oh, off the back of that bad news, I'm going to go to the optometrist. And then I walk in and, and they saw me coming and straight away, it was like, you need glasses. And so here I am. I've got, I'm getting a wisdom tooth out. And now, I, now I'm ordering glasses. And the guy's kind of like, I'm, I'm confused. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there like, what? I need glasses. I don't need glasses. And he's talking to me about it. And he could kind of see. I could see that he could see that I was struggling with it. And he, he just goes, look, it's part of aging. And it's just part of getting older. And, and so I said to him, where does this lead? What's, what, what happens from here? He said, well, basically, you get your first set of glasses. And then over the years, you'll gradually get worse. And so you'll get worse glasses. And then that'll develop to getting cataracts. And then you'll have an operation to get the cataracts out. And I'm like, what? I just found out I'm getting glasses. Next minute, you're telling me I'm about to get cataracts. And he's going through the story. And I'm just, I'm like, what? I'm just trying to comprehend the bad news that I'm receiving here. And I think that's, there's a big difference between good news and bad news. There's a big difference in our demeanor, how we respond. And it's obvious in this occasion here that the angel was conveying, this isn't bad news for humanity. This is the greatest news that humanity could receive. This is exciting. This is great news. And that field became a field of praise towards God. The simplicity of the gospel is it's good news for all. Good news for all people. Great joy for all of us. You know, there's something beautiful about an announcement of good news. I remember when Cooper was born, and uh, we had Amy had a C-section for Cooper, and we had this. I uh, had to walk to this certain room to be able to kind of get Cooper towards um, out of the way where Amy could go into recovery and I could look after Cooper but there was this kind of aisle that you had to go past where all of our family was waiting and it was my sister was there my auntie was there Amy's mum was there Amy's sister was there and Amy said to me I haven't seen the baby yet I haven't had a good chance so make sure that nobody else sees the baby before I do I'm like, that's the most impossible mission in the world when they're waiting in the corridor. And so I come out and the nurse in front of us is just like, she's like gone military. She's just like, everyone out of the way. And so she's trying to push everyone out. And I've got the family rushing over and I'm like, this is good news. I'm trying to hide the good news. I'm trying to get the good news through. They didn't just want a text message with how much he weighed and the details. They wanted to experience this child for themselves. And so they're rushing over and we kind of quickly made our way through. And I'm like, I can't really hide this news. I'm doing the best that I can. But it's to be experienced. It's a joyful moment. It's exciting. And so we quickly rushed through as quick as we could. I'm sorry, Amy. They saw a glimpse. And we got through to the other side. But that's the beauty of good news. It's something to be experienced. We just don't want the facts about Jesus at Christmas time. We just don't want to know the details that he had 12 disciples and who he was and and where he was born. Christmas is about experiencing Jesus. 
knowing Jesus personally for yourself and knowing the good news story that it's actually salvation, it's personal salvation for you and I. Number three, reminds us to give God praise. The angel says, it goes on to say, suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. As this story is, is unfolding, they're talking about the good news that was taking place, that there's good news for, and great joy for all people. But just in the midst of the story being told, heaven just takes a praise break. And just says, we've got a bit of the good news out, but we've just got to take a moment here. And this field turns into a choir of angels singing praise to God. And I think that Christmas reminds us that sometimes we just got to take a praise break and remember what Jesus has done for us. Take a moment to think and reflect upon your salvation and what it means for you and I and give God praise. They're reminding humanity that this isn't just an ordinary guy born in a manger. This is Jesus, the Savior of the world, and He's worthy of praise. And so let's give Him some praise. Let's get excited about giving God praise at Christmas. See, when we look at praise, it it just puts things into perspective. We look at Paul and Silas in prison. When they started to praise God, things started to change. Jonah in the whale, as he praised God, miracles started to happen. Daniel in the lion's den, as he praised God, things started to happen. Mary, after an angel told her that Jesus was going to be miraculously born to her, she didn't go and complain. There's a whole chapter of her praising God for what was about to take place. And the angel's announcement to Jesus was a moment for humanity to praise God. See, Christmas isn't just a time to learn about God. It's a time to praise God, to lift Him up, to elevate Him, to understand who He is. Number four this morning is that peace is available. We should remember that. It says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to those on whom His favor rests. This is often misunderstood, the phrasing of what's spoken here. And so I, want to, I just want to read an excerpt from a commentary to help give you some understanding of that. It says, The wording of this announcement, peace to those on whom his favor rests, is often misunderstood. God's favor is available to everyone, not just a select few. The point is rather that, that through the birth of the Messiah, God extends his favor to all people who have done nothing to deserve it. And he graciously grants peace. Peace expresses the nature of salvation as the restoration of good relations between God and sinful people and the consequent reception of his blessings. God's peace is not given to those who have goodwill, but to those who are recipients of God's goodwill or favor. In other words, it's not just a select few that receive the goodwill and the favor. It's anybody that opens their heart to Jesus. The good news of the gospel is it's open to everyone. It's not a closed book. It's an open, open thing for all of us. It's open for us to receive, to know Jesus personally. See, peace is not found in a position 
a person or a place. It's only found in Jesus. And a lot of us in this world are chasing peace. We're looking for the next thing that's going to fulfill us. Or if we get to this promotion or get to this level, perhaps we're going to find a level of peace. But that's just a lie because the source of peace is Jesus. And everything in this world that we have, there's going to be good times, bad times, there's going to be happiness, there's going to be sadness, there's going to be you know, ups and downs of life. But the peace of Christ is what surpasses all understanding. It's the peace of Jesus and knowing Him personally that actually helps us in the midst of the seasons to be strong. And that's what Christmas reminds us, that we can receive that peace in Jesus. We can, know, we can know that peace personally. In fact, Jesus said it himself in John 14, 27. He said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. And I think that Christmas is a great reminder to all of us that peace is available. And finally this morning, the last thing I want to say is this. We need to remember to spread the word. Luke chapter 2, verse 70, it says, When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. And they didn't just, they realized that this message wasn't just for them. This message was to be shared for others. This message was to be taken out and to be spread, to make sure that people knew that this good news is not just for the church inside the four walls here, but this good news is for humanity, for everybody, whoever may come, that they may know Jesus personally in relationship. You know, just this week on Monday, Cooper's been off school, and so he came with me in the morning. Amy had another appointment she had to go to, so he came with me to the office, and he said to me, so what do you do for work? <laughs> He's 66 years old, and I said, well, that's pr- pretty much the question that everybody that goes to church asks. They think you just work on Sunday uh, for, for a little while. It's, they've probably got no idea, <laughs> but a lot of Christians don't understand what a pastor does. Anyway, so I'm like, okay, yeah, fair enough question. So I'm starting to talk to him a little bit about some of the things that I do. And I said, well, today I've got to write a message to preach at church on Sunday. And so he, so he goes, well, hold on, can I help you write a message? And I said to him, sure, yep, you can help me write a message, let's do it. And so we start talking about, well, what's the message going to be on? What, what should we share about? And, and, he, and he goes, well, we should probably use that um, that book, and, and I go, the Bible? And, he, and he's like, yes, that's the one. We should probably use that. And so I go, okay, well, let, let's do it. So I go in there, and I, I, grab him, uh, I grab him a scripture. I said, well, let's use John 3.16. That's a good start. And so I said, what do you want to convey to everybody? And he starts to draft a bit of a message. We talk about it, and then he starts to draft a bit of a message. And so we decided to tag team a message. He wrote it out. And I actually recorded the message of us tag-teaming. I filmed the first bit, he films the second bit. So why don't you have a look to the screens and see Cooper's first message. All right, preach it to me. Jesus loves you boys and girls and adults for this is how 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 god 
gave his one and only son. Yes. So that under the big word, everyone. Everyone. Good boy. Everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Amen. <laughs> there it is. Written out. <laughs> I think he did pretty well. He, he, he literally had the Bible open and he was copying the words out, John 3.16. But that's the simplicity of the gospel right there. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And that's the news that we have been uh, charged with making sure that people know about. This good news that is caused to be spread. I love in Isaiah 52 verse 7, it says, How beautiful on the mountains, on the blue mountains, are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation. That's the message that we are caused to, called to share at this Christmas time. And I want to remind you that the gospel, the good news, is not just for us. It's for everyone. And we we're really going to celebrate Christmas this year on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And we really worked hard on these online services, but they're not even just for us. These services and the messages that we're trying to relay, the idea behind it is that we would spread it, that we would share it, that we would get it out to friends and family, that we would use uh, these mediums so that the message could get out to our world. We want as many people as possible to know the real reason of what Christmas is about, to know Jesus because this message is not just locked up for us. It's for everybody to experience and receive. And so remember this Christmas, don't be afraid. When fear comes knocking at your door, remember the reason Jesus came is to eliminate fear, to eliminate that so that you could know peace. Remember there's good news for you. In a bad news world, there is good news. And there's good news to reflect on upon this Christmas time. Even in the midst of adversity and challenge that many people have faced this year, there is still good news that isn't even just for this life. It's everlasting. It's eternal. Remember that it's a moment at Christmas to give God praise. When you look at this time of year, we can get so caught up in our traditions and our activity. But it's actually really a moment for us to look to heaven and worship Jesus for what he's done for you and I. It's a time where we remember that peace is available. Peace is personal. That you can know and experience peace, peace on earth. And finally, that we are called to spread the word, to get the word out, to spread this message that we've been entrusted with. And so Lord, I pray in this Christmas season that we wouldn't miss what it's all about in the fog of Christmas. That we would remember these things clearly this year. The good news of great joy for all people. Salvation of the world that you moved into the neighborhood of humanity for us. And Jesus, I pray that we would remember and reflect upon that this Christmas season, that we'd make sure in our families, in our friendship groups, Lord, that this message is spread, that people receive it and know it in your powerful name, Jesus. 
We thank you for it. Amen. You know, Christmas time is a great time to reevaluate. It's a great time to reflect upon our own lives and think about our own spiritual state. And I want to pray a prayer this morning, a prayer which we call the salvation prayer. It's a simple prayer that we pray asking Jesus to come into our lives, to know Him personally, to forgive us of our sin, to repent and to receive Him. And it's a powerful prayer because what it is doing is it's actually receiving the gift of what Christmas is actually all about. And Christmas is a beautiful time. It's a great celebration of many things. It's a great time with family and friends. But more than all of those things, Christmas is a reminder that Jesus came to give you salvation so that you can know God personally and that your life can be completely transformed by Him. And so this morning, I want to pray a salvation prayer. And I'm going to invite you all to pray this prayer with me this morning. Believe it in your heart. Maybe make a recommitment this, this morning. Maybe remind yourself of what you've received as you pray these words this morning. Let's really understand the power of what Christmas brought to you and I. So why don't you pray with me? Dear Lord Jesus, today I give you my life. For my sins and mistakes, I'm sorry. Thank you for coming for me and for saving me. God, I receive your forgiveness. I receive your grace. Help me to live each day for you and to understand what Christmas is really about. Your salvation gift to me. I receive it today. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Greatest decision we can ever make is to have relationship with Jesus and receive that salvation gift that doesn't just last for this life, but lasts for eternity. Why don't you stand? We're going to sing one more time before we close this morning.